So the half Torah is a section from the books of Nevi'im, the books of our prophets, that's read in the synagogue on Shabbat and on holidays, and as we'll see on some other times, after the reading of the Torah. Now, the Tanakh, which is our holy scriptures, is made up of 24 books. There's 24 books of Tanakh. And it's split into three sections. Tanakh is an acronym for Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim. We once did a class on the Holy Scriptures and we went through all 24 books and spoke just briefly about each one. So the Torah, the first section, is the five books of Moses that we, that is written in the Torah scroll that we read every Shabbat, that was, we believe, was dictated by God to Moses at the end of Moses' life, and he handed us, gave the people this Torah. Moses' original Torah scroll remained with the people as long as, uh, for many years, for close to a thousand years, they still had the original Torah scroll. And from that original Torah scroll, they copied many Torahs, and we still have Torahs today, and we can study in the Chumash, which is a printed book of the Torah. Uh, that includes the five books of Moses. That is the first part. The second part is the books of Nevi'im, the books of Prophet, Tanakh, Torah, Nevi'im, Ketuvim, Nevi'im. Nevi'im are the books of prophets. There's really two parts to Nevi'im, to the books of prophets. The first half, or the first four, there's eight books of prophets. The first four books of prophets are really books of history, written by our prophets. The book of Joshua that speaks about the story of the conquering of the land of Israel. The book of Judges speaks about the period from jo- for the next 300 plus years. Um, the book of Samuel, which speaks really about the story of King David. And the book of Kings, which speaks about the story from King Solomon all the way through to the destruction of the first temple. The second half of the books of prophets, in other words, the next four books, are books of prophecy including three major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, as well as we call the Book of Twelve, Treasar, which is a collection of twelve small books of prophecy. Then the third section, Ketuvim, is, includes another eleven books of writings. Um, it includes a number of books, both some earlier books um, that stories or uh, books of inspiration or poetry, the book of Psalms, the book of Ruth, the book of Esther, the book of Daniel, um, some later books of our history, but includes 11 books altogether. Um, not going to go into the details now of the books of writings. So the Haftorah is always going to be from the books of our prophets, from one of the eight books of Nevi'im, from one of the eight books of our prophets. And it's always going to be a section from the books of Nevi'im, a minimum of 21 verses. Now, the Haftorahs are selected from all over the books of prophets in no particular order. So it could be from any of the eight books and from any part of the eight books. It doesn't go in any particular order. While we read the Torah every week, it goes in order. Every week we read another Parsha, starting right after Simchat Torah with Genesis, with Bereshis, and then over the course of the year, we finish the entire Torah. So that the next year, Simchat Torah, we finish the whole Torah, we read it in order. The half Torahs are generally somehow connected to the Parsha, the holiday or a special event, but they're 
somewhat random from all over the eight books of prophets, just a section of one of these eight books of prophets. Now, before we explain exactly the details of the Haftorah and where it started, where it came from, it's important to first understand about the reading of the Torah itself. So the Torah, as we mentioned, was given to us by Moses before his death. In the earliest days of Judaism, we began to read the Torah publicly from the days of Moses three times a week. Moses already instituted we should read the Torah three times a week publicly on Mondays, Thursdays, and Shabbat, that you never go three days without hearing the Torah being read. Over time, we began to divide the Torah into sidras, or today known as parshas, to read consistently. In other words, we would start from the beginning and every week read another section until we finished the whole Torah. The larger reading was done on Shabbat when we were off work and we had more time on our hands. We were not in such a rush. While on Monday and Thursday, we just did a short reading, usually generally a section of the Shabbat reading that we were going to read that Shabbat. Eventually, we got the system of Parshas that we had today. That came a little bit later. We once did a class on the Parshas and how that developed um, that came a little later, but there were various different ways to split the Torah into Parshas. Some finished it within a year, some within three years, some in other amounts of time. At this time, there were still no synagogues. Synagogues were not yet invented. They would usually gather in the town square, and they would have an ark over there where the Torahs were kept, and that's where they would read the Torahs on Mondays, Thursdays, and Shabbat. Later, at the beginning of the Second Temple period, which is 1,000 years after Moses, about 2,300 years ago, Ezra, whom we spoke about a couple weeks ago, Ezra Hasofer, Ezra the scribe, and the men of the great assembly that he led, created a formal system for prayer. Now, as part of this formal system, they built synagogues for prayer, special houses that were built, special buildings that would be designated for prayer. And we would pray together. Men were to come together in these rooms and pray together in a minion with a group of 10 men. And the Torah reading was placed as part of the process of prayer. On Monday, Thursday, and on Shabbat, towards the end of the prayers, we would read the Torah reading. They also added special blessings to be said before the Torah was read and special blessings to be said after the Torah was read. They also created a structure. They divided the reading on the weekday reading into three parts and said three people should read the weekday reading. On Chol HaMoed, which is the days that is not Yom Tov when you're allowed to work but still Passover or Sukkot, as well as on Rosh Chodesh, on the new month, the reading will be divided into four parts. On festivals, the reading is divided into five parts. On Yom Kippur, the reading is divided into six parts. And on Shabbat, the reading is divided into seven parts. These are the rules that the men of the Great Assembly made. And each part, another person would be called up to read that reading. Now, initially, they would teach children in school and generally throughout our history, Education, at least for boys, was universal. 
And so they would teach the boys in school to read the Torah. They didn't really have Torah scrolls to study from, and written books were hard to come by. There was, of course, no printing. And so the children would memorize the Torah. So every child who graduated, who came out of school, knew the entire Torah by heart. So anyone could be called up to read from the Torah. Over time, however, children stopped memorizing the Torah. We had books. It wasn't as necessary. So people would open the Torah. The Torah scroll itself has no vowels and doesn't have the trop, the, the tunes, the, the um, notes of how to read it, how to sing it. So without that, unless you've memorized it, it's hard to know. Most people don't know it. So what they started doing is they would call people up just to say the blessings. And they would have a designated Torah reader to read the Torah itself. And that's still, of course, what we do today. So while the public reading of Torah, three times a week, goes back to Moses, our current system of reading with the blessings, the way we split it up, goes back to Ezra, 2,300 years ago. We're not sure why or how the reading of the Haftorah started. We don't have any clear historical record telling us when they started to read the Haftarah or why they started to read the Haftarah. We know that the Haftarah was definitely around in Mishnaic times, at the time that the Mishnah, the first work of our oral tradition, was written down, which was around the year 200. The um, Haftarah was already standard. It is discussed by earlier Mishnaic scholars. So already by the end of the Second Temple, the Haftorah was definitely, already everyone was reading the Haftorah. So it was, we also are pretty certain that the Haftorah was not around before the days of Ezra. Firstly, because Ezra finalized or canonized the books of our scriptures, decided which books should go into Tanakh, into the Holy Scriptures, and which ones should not. So we didn't really have the Holy Scriptures as a canon, as a set 24 books until the days of Ezra. And um, the system for Torah reading didn't really exist before Ezra. So we therefore can be certain that the, Torah, the half Torah began sometime between the beginning of the Second Temple, the days of Ezra, and the end of the Second Temple. So sometime during Second Temple period. Exactly when we're not certain. Some say that Ezra himself and the men of the Great Assembly were the ones who started the reading of the Haftorah. The same time they created the synagogue and the prayers, the prayer system. And the same time that they structured the system for reading the Torah, what we should read when and how many people. Um, when they created that whole system, they also created the system of reading the Haftorah. Why did they do so? So the reason given is because they wanted to encourage us to read the works of our prophets. The works of our prophets both include the story of our early history from when they entered the promised land until the destruction of the first temple. So the first 900 years or so of Judaism, very important period of our history that is included in those four books, as well as the books of our prophets, prophecy, which are books of inspiration, 
telling us how we should follow the instructions of God, how if we follow the Torah, um, good things will happen, we get punished. If we don't follow the Torah, they're really words of inspiration. And so, uh, so that we be inspired and we learn our history, therefore they created the system of reading the half Torah um, after the reading of the Torah. Others sources, and these are again later sources, not earlier historical records, give a different reason. They say that this began during the days of Greek Syrian rule. There was a time when the Greeks ruled over Israel and they forbade Jewish practice. They were trying to Hellenize or make all Jews become culturally Greek and stop following Judaism. As part of those rules, they banned reading of the Torah and they even burned any Torah scroll that they found. So because of that, we were unable to read the half Torah. We were unable to read the Torah, sorry. The Greeks, however, allowed Jews to read the works of the prophets, the works of Nevi'im. Why? They thought they were just historical, interesting history, or books of values. The books of our prophets speak of values. But there's actually no laws, or almost no laws, mentioned in the books of the prophets. The laws, the instructions are in the works of the five books of Moses, in the Torah itself. In fact, the word Torah means instructions. So the instructions are in the Torah. That's where the commandments are. There's no commandments in the books of the prophets. And so they weren't concerned about us reading the books of the prophets. Since we could not read a Torah from the Torah, but we could read the books of the prophets, they started gathering in Shul every Shabbos and festival and reading the books of the prophets. The Greeks didn't bother them if they did that. After that, at a certain point, the Chashmonaim, led by Matisyahu, rebelled against the Greeks and were able to drive the Greek armies out of Israel and declare independence. And we celebrate that, of course, with the holiday of Hanukkah. And though they were now allowed to once again read Torah and they began to read from the Torah again in the synagogue, they continued to read the half Torah. So those are, that's another reason given as to why we, a story as to when and what, how we started reading the half Torah. Either it was created by Ezra in order to encourage us to study the works of our prophets, or it was started by, in, during Greek times when we were forbidden from reading the Torah. Yes, Tom? What is the definition of half Torah? I'm going to get to that. Very good question. What, why, what does the word half Torah mean? That's okay, questions are good. <laughs> So the word haftorah is generally translated as finishing. In Hebrew, lehaftir is to say goodbye, to end, to end something. So it comes, so therefore it means to finish because we read the haftorah at the end of the Torah reading. That's the most commonly common explanation for the word haftorah. Some say that it comes from the Hebrew word patur, which means exempt, because once you read the Torah, then you read the half Torah, and now you are exempt from hearing the Torah reading or the half Torah anymore today. You've done your job, done your duty. So therefore, it comes from the word exempt. Yes, Rob?
I'm going to talk about the bar mitzvah haftorah in a moment. We'll get to that. The same, but we'll get to that. Another interesting explanation is that it comes from the word peter, which means to open or to speak. And that is because we are forbidden from speaking during the Torah reading. You're not allowed to talk while they're reading the Torah. But you are permitted to speak during the half Torah. Now there's a very important qualification over here. Commentaries are quick to point out that you are forbidden from idle chatter in the synagogue. It's forbidden to speak in the synagogue. When we say you can speak during the half Torah, that is if you have a question on the Parsha, or you have a comment on the Parsha that you just read, you can share it during the, to your friends in Shul during the half Torah. But idle chatter is definitely forbidden altogether in the synagogue. So, but most likely half Torah comes from the word simply to finish, lahaftir. Yes? Anything that is not words of Torah. Now, why are Haftorahs only chosen from the books of the prophets, from the books of Nevi'im, and not from the other 11 books of Ketuvim? So many answers have been offered to this question. Of course, they're not from the first section, the Torah itself. We read the Torah. We already read it. We read it every every Shabbos and holiday. But... The Haftorah is only chosen from the eight books of our prophets, not from the eleven books of Ketuvim, of the writings. So some suggest that it's simply because in the books of our prophets there are sections that fit with every parsha and every special day. You don't have that in the books of the writings. So therefore they chose the books of the prophets. Another reason given is that our prayers, many of our prayers include big sections from Psalms, from the book of Tehillim. Tehillim is part of the books of, our, of the writings, one of the, among the books of the writings. So since we read a lot of Tehillim, of Psalms, and a lot of the books of Ketuvim, every time we pray, we don't need to read more of it. The thing that we don't end up reading very much are the works of the prophets, the works of Nevi'im. Because we, don't, we read the Torah, we read Psalms when we pray, but the books of the prophets get left out. We have a little bit here and there from the prophets in our prayers as well. But therefore, um, therefore, our sages didn't want us to forget about the Navi, about the books of prophets. Therefore, they instituted that we read the Haftorah from the books of Nevi'im from our prophets. One interesting suggestion is that until about 1,300 years ago, the language that Jews spoke for about 1,000 years was Aramaic. We once did a class on Aramaic. It was spoken by Jews for longer probably than, by almost all Jews for longer than almost any other language. Um, we spoke Aramaic. Many important Jewish works, of course, are in Aramaic. Now, in the early days during the Second Temple period when Jews spoke Aramaic, translations were made from Aramaic into, from the Torah into Aramaic. And whenever they would read the Torah, they would, along with the reading of the Torah, they would read the translation, usually from the classic Unculus translation, which is usually published in the Chumash alongside the Torah read The Torah itself is usually the Unculus transla- Aramaic translation, and that was generally read in the synagogues when they spoke Aramaic. The same was also done with the Haftorah. They would read the Haftorah in the original Hebrew, and then they would also read a translation into Aramaic. 
Now we have an old classic translation of Aramaic from the great sage Yonatan ben Uziel, a student of Hillel who lived towards the end of the Second Temple period. We don't have a translation on most of Ketuvim, most of the works of our writing. Since they didn't have a translation and they want to be able to translate it, therefore they didn't uh, therefore, they didn't read from the books of Ketuvim. They only read from the books of Nevi'im. Now, the Talmud tells us in Megillah that indeed, Yonatan ben Uziah, when he finished translating the books of the prophets of Nevi'im, he wanted to translate the books of Ketuvim, of the writings as well. But then, this, the earth shook and a great voice came out and told him to stop. So he did not translate them. And for some reason, they were perhaps for that reason, they were never translated afterwards into Aramaic. So we don't have Aramaic translations for Ketuvim, so therefore they would read another possible reason as to why they would read from the books of Nevi'im, from the books of our prophets. So when do we read the Haftarah? So the Haftarah is read every Shabbos morning after the Torah reading. It's also read on every holiday as well in the morning after the Torah reading as well as on Yom Kippur. It is not read on weekdays. On weekdays when we read the Torah reading, meaning both on Monday and Thursday as well as Rosh Chodesh, the new month, or Chal HaMoed, the intermediate days of Passover and Sukkot, or Hanukkah or Purim, we read the Torah, but we don't read a half Torah. And that's because, and we also have very short Torah readings on those days, because people are in a rush. they got to go to work. On Shabbat and the holidays, you don't go to work. We also read, the only weekday, non-Shabbat or festival that we read a half Torah, is Tisha B'Av, when we mourn the destruction of the temple. And that's because it's forbidden to work on Tisha B'Av. We don't, you're, we're not forbidden to um, do the 39 forms of forbidden labor that are forbidden on Shabbos, but we're not supposed to go to work. We'll do our regular job on Tisha B'Av. Also, on fast days, we read a Haftorah in the afternoons. So on fast days, we read it in the... Um, in the afternoons, uh, we read from the Torah in the afternoons on fast days, and we read the Haftarah as well. And this includes all the rabbinic fast days that we have. We have a number of them, as well as on Yom Kippur in the afternoon, we read the Torah and we read a Haftarah as well. Now, our sages, when they created this reading of the Haftarah, whenever it was, sometime during the Second Temple period, they were concerned that the reading of the Haftorah would be considered on par or greater than the reading of the Torah. In other words, seven people on Shabbat are called up to read the Torah. Someone is then called up to read the Haftorah. It may be considered as important or equal to the reading of the Torah itself. But of course, the works of our prophets, though we consider them holy, are not as important as the Torah. The Torah is the most important part. So therefore, in order that we shouldn't have this problem that the, haft, the, the reading of the prophets should be considered on par with the reading of the Torah, therefore they said the person who reads from the prophets should read from the Torah too. 
And therefore, everyone who is called up reads from the Torah. And then the last person to read from the Torah reads from the half Torah as well. So that last reading is what we, we call it maftir. That's the final reading that we read. A person is called up to read the maftir. Today, the person himself only makes the blessings and the Torah reader, the higher Torah reader, reads it for them. And, you, and then afterwards they will read the half Torah. Now usually on Shabbat, the maftir will be the last few verses of the Torah reading of that week. So we divide the Torah reading of the week into seven. The final reading will go all the way to the end of the Parsha. And then we repeat the last couple, three or four verses, and we call someone up to read those last three or four verses, and then they read the half Torah. On holidays, we usually have a main reading, and then we take out a second Torah where we read from the second Torah about the sacrifices that were offered in the temple on that holiday. And so we have the maftir, the person who's going to read the haftorah, reads from that second Torah. So on holidays, normally we read five people will read from the first reading, from the first Torah, and then about holidays, the holiday in general, and then the second reading will be about the sacrifice for that holiday from the parsha of Pinchas in the book of Numbers, and the person who, the maftir, the one that's going to read the half Torah, gets to read from that second Torah. When Shabbat is a special day, like Rosh Chodesh, then we have a special reading. We read special reading for Rosh Chodesh. Or last couple weeks, you recall, we were taking out a second Torah before Passover. We had four weeks where we took out a second Torah. And all those times when you take out the second Torah, the maftir, the person who is going to read the Haftorah, is the one that does the reading from that second Torah. So... Um, on fast days, though, in the afternoon, there is no maftir. We don't take out a second Torah. There's no maftir. Just the, we split the reading into three, and the third person who reads from the Torah gets to read the half Torah as well. Now, on Shabbat, on a regular Shabbat, when it's not a special reading, when you're not taking out a second Torah, the maftir, we said, just repeats, the seventh reader reads to the end, and then the maftir just repeats the last few verses. So it's kind of extra. We don't really need to read it. We just heard it a minute ago. We're just reading it in order that the person that reads the half Torah should read from the Torah as well, so they shouldn't feel any less important. They get a chance to read from the Torah as well. But because we just heard it, and it's not really necessary, our sages said that even though normally to read the Torah you always need a Jewish male adult, reading from the Torah. However, for the maftir, when you're just repeating the Torah, you can have a child read as well. And a child can read the half Torah too, since it is not as important. Now, interestingly, in the 20th century, people started teaching bar mitzvah boys to read the half Torah as if it's something that they can only do from their bar mitzvah. But the truth is, Jewish law says that you're allowed to read the Haftorah even before your bar mitzvah. 
You know, we did a class some time ago about the bar mitzvah. The bar mitzvah actually happens when you're 13, whether you do a ceremony or not, but parties are a good idea. And the bar mitzvah ceremony, we mentioned, was a 20th century invention to keep kids coming to Hebrew school um, and really not required. So that's just a side note. So the Torah, of course, is always read from a Torah scroll. The half Torah does not necessarily need to be read from a scroll. The Talmud actually says it's forbidden to make scrolls of half Torahs. Because if you're going to make a scroll, you've got to put the whole book in the scroll. And the half Torah is just different sections from different books. So you can't make a scroll of half Torahs. So some communities actually have scrolls of the books of the prophets. Eight scrolls, one for each of the books of the prophets. And they keep it in their ark in the Aron Kodesh, in the Ark, where they keep the Torahs, and they actually read from the scrolls. These scrolls, of course, like the Torah scroll, has no vowels or, um, or notes, so you'd have to know how to read it. And so in those communities, the person who is called up for the Haftorah only makes the blessings, and the Torah reader reads the Haftorah for everyone as they read the Torah. However, in most Jewish communities, we don't have those books of prophets, including our own. We just use a chumash, a regular book of the Torah that has the half Torah at the end of the Parsha. Or you can use a special book of half Torahs um, that you can print. We have such a book that we use here. Um, And this is a book that has the vowels and has the notes. And so anyone who knows how to read Hebrew and knows the notes of the books of the prophets, which is a little bit different than the tune for the Torah itself. Anyone who knows this, the tunes is able to read the half Torah. Anyone can be called up and they usually read it themselves. Yes? Maybe because I was at a conservative synagogue when I was growing up, maybe it was different there, but for my bas mitzvah, it was on a Friday night and I had to learn the half Torah before it. The half Torah is only read in the mornings after the Torah reading. Oh, maybe it wasn't a half Torah. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Something else that I'm not remembering. Some people make it up today as they go. But that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> Could they have just been reading a portion of the, what did you call it? The Nevi'im? Yeah. Nevi'im books of prophets, possibly. Possibly. So now there's no standard reading for Haftorahs. In other words, our sages set standard readings for, we have the partial we read each week, and then we have a standard reading that we read on each festival and each special day. The Haftorahs are less standard, and as a result, different places develop different customs for reading of the Haftorahs. Mostly, all Jewish communities read the same Haftorahs, but not always. Some Parshas most festivals, we all read the same. But there are variances. There are some weeks where different communities will read different Haftorahs. Particularly, there are variances between Sephardic custom and Ashkenazic custom, where Sephardic will read one Haftorah and Ashkenazic custom will read a different Haftorah. Or sometimes the variance is which part of that reading to read. In other words, some communities start at an earlier place, some start at a later section, some go further, 
some end earlier. So there are variances that have developed among communities, and there's a number of different variances, and often it can be a little confusing when you open your Chumash and it says this community starts here, and this community ends there, and this community reads this, and this community reads that. And there are a number of variances that have developed over the years for the, for the particular Haftorah. Yes? It depends if you're Ashkenazic or Sephardic. There's various customs. So the Chumash will usually list the customs, and you have to figure out each community knows its customs, and it reads the Torahs based on its own customs. And the truth, those fascinated, those historians that are fascinated with Jewish custom, the Haftorahs and the, how the Haftorahs evolved and how the various customs evolved is a fascinating way to trace the development of different Jewish communities and the development of different Jewish customs because over the years, variations have developed and evolved for the reading of the Haftorah. Now, generally every Shabbat, we read a Haftorah that is relevant to the Parsha of that particular week. So for example, this week we're learning, we read about the Tzarat, this mark on one's skin that one would get, that would make one Tameh ritually pure. So the Haftorah we're going to read from this week is from the book of Kings, about four people that had Tzarat in Samaria during a siege. And it's a fascinating story with the prophet Elisha, but it's about people with Tzarat. So it's clearly... Um, relevant to our Parsha. On weeks when there's a special reading, such as when we had the four special readings we had the last couple weeks, we had before Passover, we read a Haftorah that is related to that special reading. When Shabbat is on Rosh Chodesh, on the new day, the first day of the month, the new month, we have a special reading, a special Haftorah, the Maftir, we said, takes out a second Torah and reads the, about Rosh Chodesh. And then we have a special half Torah about Rosh Chodesh from the end of the book of Isaiah. When Rosh Chodesh is on Sunday, we read a half Torah from the book of Samuel about the day before Rosh Chodesh. There's a story with King David and his brother-in-law, Yonatan, um, the son of King Saul, and how they were, David, he was trying to save him from King Saul, and it took place the day before Rosh Chodesh. And so, the new month. So when Rosh Chodesh is on a Sunday, that day, Shabbat, is the day before Rosh Chodesh. So we read that reading um, on, that, uh, on that day. Now, the final ten weeks of the year, before Rosh Hashanah, we read special Haftorahs that are not directly related to the Parsha. This starts with the three-week period. The three-week period is a period that starts with the 17th of Tammuz, um, which is the 17th of Tammuz, which is the day that the temple, the walls of Jerusalem were breached, and it goes through to the 9th of Av, the day that the temple was destroyed, and it's three weeks of mourning every year where we um, 
where we have different customs to mourn the destruction of the temple. So during those three weeks, each week, we have a reading from Jeremiah warning us about the destruction, telling the people that they better change their ways and stop doing all the horrible things they're doing or God will exile them and destroy their temple. And so we read those three readings from Jeremiah um, on during the three weeks. Following Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av, there are seven weeks left until Rosh Hashanah, exactly. And so during those seven weeks till Rosh Hashanah, every week we read what we call Nechemta, um, Haftorahs of Comfort, from the book of Isaiah, speaking about God comforting us, how even though we're, we went to exile, even though we suffered, God will restore us. He will restore the temple. He's here with us. He's taking care of us. And so these are positive prophecies after the destruction, um, all from the book of Isaiah that are read in the seven weeks from Tisha B'Av until Rosh Hashanah. The first week of the year is always the week between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's a time to do teshuva, to repent, to change our ways. So we read a special haftorah about teshuva, about repentance from the book of, from Hosea, which is the first of the 12 small prophets that are lumped together in a, the book of 12. <coughs> now on festivals, we always read a special reading related to <coughs> the particular festival. Um, Passover, Shavuot, Sukkot, whatever it is. On Hanukkah, when Shabbos is on Hanukkah, we have a special reading about the dedication of the temple in the days of King Solomon. Um, then we have also a reading about the second dedication of the second temple. It's sometimes the first day of Hanukkah is Shabbos and the last day is Shabbos because it's eight days. And then, so we also read about the dedication of the second temple um, from Haggai if... Um, if there are two Shab if there are two Shabbases on Hanukkah, um, on, on the other festivals we have special readings for each festival. On um, the we actually have an interesting on the when on when the Shabbos in the middle of Passover, which we don't have one this year. The first day of Passover and the last day of Passover will be Shabbos, but not in the middle. Shabbos in the middle. Um, Shabbos in the middle of Passover we have a special reading from Ezekiel about the dry bones and how God resurrected them about resurrection. And on the Shabbos in the middle of Sukkot, um, we have a special reading about the war of Magog, a nation that is going to attack us before the end of times. So uh, those are some of the special readings that we read at particular times. Based on what you said about uh, Rosh Kodesh, is it possible to read the same Haftorah twice in a given year? Yes, we read the same Haftorah twice in a given year more than once. Um, because, um, firstly, there are at least two Haftorahs that are read, to, well, one that's read on two different Parshas, and um, one Haftorah that's read both on a Parsh, Parshas Ba'aloscha and read on um, Hanukkah. So there are Haftorahs that are doubled. And yes, Rosh Chodesh usually um, ends up on Shabbos more than once a year and ends up on Sunday more than once a year. So yes, we do read the same Haftarah more than once in a given year. Sometimes. So before we read the Haftarah, we first make a blessing. Before we read the Haftarah, as we do when we read the Torah that our sages um, wrote, and thanking God for giving us prophets 
um, who were directed us and led us during the days that we had prophets, um, which went until the beginning of the Second Temple period. Following the Haftorah, we say four, the person who reads the Haftorah says four blessings. The first one is, speaks about how all the words of the prophets are true. The second asks God to restore the temple and Jerusalem. The third asks God to bring Mashiach and restore the royal house of David. And the fourth thanks God for Shabbat or the particular festival. When we read it on a fast day, we don't do the fourth at all. So the Haftorahs are really teachings from our prophets. The books of our prophets are fascinating. They historically were not studied by Jews as much as the Torah itself, because the Torah is our instructions. And while the written Torah is read every week, and so we have a Parsha, and every week we focus on the weekly Parsha, right? On the weekly Torah reading. And so over the course of the year, we get to study the entire Torah every single year. In addition, we have the oral Torah that was taught to us by Moshe and was then passed down generation to generation and was written down. And most of our laws and inspiration and lessons are found in the oral Torah, which is now pub- printed and published in the Mishnah, in the Talmud, and in many, many other works that we have today. So most of Jewish study is focused on the written Torah and the oral Torah. But the works of our prophets are still very important, and it is important to study them. Everybody should study the works of our prophets. And that is why we, our sages instituted, at least according to one view, that we read the Haftorah. For that matter, all the works of Tanakh should be studied. And if you have not yet studied you studied them, I include, encourage you to do so. The works of our prophets in particular. The first four books are books of history that cover the first 900 years of Jewish history. And they're pretty easy books to read. And if you haven't read those first four books of our prophets, uh, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, I encourage you to do so. They're very easy read. Something that you can sit on the couch and read. Um, and if you don't have a book of Tanakh at home, you should definitely get one. Um, and if you haven't yet read those four books of Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, you should definitely make an effort to do so. Um, it's pretty easy to read. Um, the books, the other books of prophecy, the last four are a little more difficult. They're books of inspiration, but also very powerful. And uh, definitely encourage you to not only study Torah, but also study the other books of our Holy Scripture. I should conclude by mentioning that we have a weekly class that has been going for more than 10 years, um, studying the works of our Tanakh. We started with the book of Joshua. We're now all the way towards the end in the book of Chronicles. At the very end, it's every Monday morning at 9.30, and you are welcome to join us um, to study the works of our um, prophets and holy writings uh, we've been studying it already for some time. We've gone through many, many, many books already. Um, we're almost done. Almost time to start again.